Welcome to Gov Innovator. I'm Andy Feldman. Our topic today is the Meyerhoff Scholars Program at the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, or UMBC. The Meyerhoff Scholars Program is a leading national model for diversifying America's scientific and engineering workforce. Our guest is the president of UMBC, Freeman Rabowski. Here's a clip. Talking about the notion of grit, that it's not about one kid is smarter than another, but about what grit means. Our Chesapeake Bay Retriever is the mascot, and his name is True Grit. And we call UMBC the House of Grit. The Meyerhoff Scholars Program was launched in 1988 to provide financial assistance, mentoring, advising, and research experience to African-American undergraduate students committed to obtaining Ph.D. degrees in science, engineering, and related fields. Since then, the program has graduated over a 1,000 students. Alums have earned over 200 Ph.D. degrees and over 40 M.D. Ph.D.s, and many graduates are now in Ph.D. programs moving towards completion. The program is at the forefront of efforts to increase diversity among future leaders in the sciences. To learn more, we're joined by one of the founders of the program, Freeman Rabowski, who's the president of the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. He's received numerous accolades for his work and has been profiled on the TV program 60 Minutes. His new book is titled Holding Fast to Dreams, which includes a chapter on the Meyerhoff Scholars Program. He joins us from Baltimore. President Rabowski, welcome. Thank you so much, Andy. I'm delighted to be here. And we are honored to have you with us. Get us started, if you would, by telling us in your own words what challenge the Meyerhoff Scholars Program is focused on addressing. Sure. We are a predominantly white university, and at that time, black students were not doing well in science and engineering. Quite frankly, large numbers of students in general were not doing well in STEM areas. But black students especially were not doing well. As you know, uh, Baltimore is in the South. And so the, the, the largest minority group, especially then, was, was African American. And the question I raised was this. Can we find a predominantly white university in the country that can provide evidence to show that large numbers of its black students were succeeding in science. And we were defining success as students who were getting at least Bs as on average in a major in one of the natural sciences and engineering. And, and I could not find an institution that could show me even 10 students who were doing just that. So the goal of the program was to identify strategies that would lead to larger numbers of students not just making it or surviving in science and engineering, but quite frankly, who could excel. And excelling meant who would do so well, making Bs and better, that they would be interested in going on to earn PhDs. And the thinking being that we needed people to earn doctorates in order to have larger numbers becoming uh, members of the professoriate because the other really critical challenge at that time was that there were so few blacks who were members of the science and engineering faculty of predominantly white universities, which quite frankly continues to be a major challenge in America. I know that you and the team there have identified 13 components of the program, so it's a comprehensive approach. 
tell us about a few of the components, maybe those that the students seem to appreciate the most. Sure. Uh, clearly, it takes researchers to produce researchers. Uh, and what that really means is that we really make sure students are involved in research experiences early. Uh, secondly, we make sure students have uh, a reasonable level of preparation before coming to us, meaning we're doing more at the K-12 level to strengthen backgrounds. And that means B's in uh, fairly rigorous courses in high school. Number three, we build community among the students to help to teach them how to help each other with the work. Number four, we get faculty involved with them in that work. And most important, we set high expectations regarding hard work and um, consistency in that work. You cannot not study for a week, for example, or not go to class. You have to be consistent in the effort. And am I right that the program starts, each new cohort, with an extensive recruitment process? Yes. We have a rigorous recruitment process involving students being nominated by their teachers and counselors with students having to complete very comprehensive applications. Um, these, these are high school students, right? In high school, exactly, which focus on their interest not only in science or engineering, but in doing research. Uh, and then the top students, about 200 are chosen from over a thousand applications to come to campus for a very rigorous interview, in-person interview. And the interview committee will consist of researchers, both faculty and students. And we're looking at the students' passion for research, knowledge in the discipline, but also for the students' willingness to work in groups. We're not looking for people who simply want to be by themselves because at the heart of the Meyerhoff Initiative is an interest in and appreciation of collaboration in the teaching and learning and research enterprise. Um, and then those students who are chosen come for a summer bridge program, which is in essence a boot camp. Tell us about some of the themes of that summer bridge program, of that boot camp as you called it. One theme I know is about cooperation and teamwork, that participants should feel responsibility for others in the program. Yes, and here is a part that is almost counterintuitive for most people. If you have five people working to prepare for a test and four earn A's on the test and one person earns a C, it is understood that group will not be happy. The emphasis will be on what happened. How do we help this person who earned the C? What do we learn from this person's problems and challenges? How do we make sure this person will be okay on the next, next test? So it's not about just my working for myself. It is about my helping my fellow student to succeed. And I am earning a PhD or an MD PhD, not simply to make money, but because of the nobility of science itself, of medicine that I'm doing this not just simply to be prestigious, but because people need my help. And teaching them how to write and think critically. There's a culture component in the summer, teaching them about the challenges of people of color and people from low-income background in academia in general, and about science and its role in society. And then talking about the notion of grit, that it's not about one kid is smarter than another, but about what grit 
means. Our Chesapeake Bay Retriever is the mascot, and his name is True Grit. And we call UMBC the House of Grit. And we talk about that notion that Carol Dweck uses of mindset. It's not about one kid was born smarter than another, no. It's about hard work, resilience, perseverance, and never giving up. And the fact that all of us will fail at one point, and resilience makes the difference. And all of those are part of the value system in the Meyerhoff program. And then we talk about what it means to get a PhD or MD, PhD one day, and how you envision and the envisioning can be empowering. What would you say that it takes to successfully implement and also sustain a program like this? I'm sure there are financial resources that are critical, and, and what other factors on top of that? There's no doubt that Robert Meyerhoff, the philanthropist who was co-founder with this in this program, and his financial support made all the difference because that meant we could give student scholarships. They did not have to work on the outside at the same time. No doubt that made a difference. But what I would say is we worked from the beginning to begin changing the culture of the institution to get people understanding what it meant to set high expectations, not just for the students, but for ourselves, and to use a strengths-based model that talked about giving students a vision for themselves of why it was important for students of color and black students to succeed in science and of teaching them what it meant to work in groups and to collaborate, and most important, of working with faculty to see how they might be creative in developing collaborative approaches to the teaching and learning process. A final question for you. Having leadership support at the top, in this case from you as the president of the university, I'm sure is important. How do you see your role in the program? Or more broadly, what's your advice for other university leaders at other schools who might want to launch a program like this? There's no doubt. There's the the need for the president to be involved, but perhaps as important, if not even more important, the chief academic officers, provosts, deans, chairs of science departments. If you look at what's happening at uh, those institutions replicating right now, Penn State and, and Chapel Hill, you will see the deans involve themselves, the, the science deans, engineering deans. But I will tell you that you will find that places that do a rigorous re- replication of these initiatives understand that it's not simply about wonderful staff members on the side supplementing. It is about making this work uh, so important that the most prestigious of researchers take ownership of the performance and the initiative itself. And so that the work of inclusiveness in science for women, for people of color, should be at the core of the academic enterprise. And the evaluation of the initiative should be integrated from the beginning using technology and analytics into the work and into the discussions that faculty and administrators have regularly in the academic work itself. We'll end this portion of the interview here, but I'm going to ask President Robowski a few other questions, including about the replication of the program that's ongoing, which he just mentioned, and I'll post his answers to the website. But for now, Dr. Robowski, congratulations to you and all those involved over the years, including the students, for creating a national model for increasing diversity in the sciences. And thank you very much for being with us. 
Thank you, Andy. This was wonderful. And please come and visit when you want to be inspired by my students. When you want to see a place that looks like the Plaza of Nations at the UN, where African Americans and Hispanic students are excelling in a setting with people from all over the world, come and visit.